Welcome to the From Self-Doubt to Success podcast. I'm your host, Estelle Petroquin, empowerment coach who specializes in mindset and manifestation. If you feel stuck and crave meaning and joy in your everyday life, you've come to the right place. I went from being an anxious corporate employee, living for the weekend, to building my dream life and business, helping other women overcome self-doubt so they too can achieve their wildest goals and be fulfilled. Hello, hello, my loves. I cannot believe it's July already. Like, where does time go, right? <laughs> um, as you're listening to this, I'm probably already on the plane to France or at my parents' house in Paris. Um, and you know, I've been living on another continent for more than five years now. And I have to say, it's getting harder and harder to be far from my family, my childhood friends, who are literally like my sisters. And we're actually looking into moving back to Europe with my husband in a year or so. And I'm already so excited about this new chapter of our life, I, I have to say. Um, so let's see how this manifestation goes. But for now, I am also deeply grateful Um, I even get to visit my loved ones and, you know, that I have the freedom to stay in Europe for five weeks uh, because I just can take my work anywhere and I can take vacation whenever I want. And that's, that's abundance, guys. That's something I, I really value. Anyways, um, today I want to talk about self-sabotage, why we do it, how it shows up in our lives and what you can do to overcome it and stop letting it hold you back from achieving your goals. And the first thing I want to say is that self-sabotage is not something to be ashamed of. It doesn't make you less worthy as a person. It also doesn't mean anything about what you're capable of and how your future will be. After listening to this episode, however, you will have a new responsibility stopping or stepping out of the self-sabotage loop, um, which is basically repeating the same negative behaviors and then beating yourself up for it. I'm sure that resonates with you, right? So one thing is to be aware that we self-sabotage. The other is to know how to overcome it. And you cannot be mad at yourself for not learning about this before. That is why I'm like, Don't shame yourself for that, you know? You simply, you couldn't know what you didn't know. I, said I, I say that often um, because it's easy to have regrets once you have learned a life lesson, once you have more knowledge about something and be like, oh, I should have made a better decision back then. But regret, you know, and, and not forgiving yourself, not looking at your past self with self-compassion, also hold you back from being bold and brave um, today. And so it's really important to not <clears throat> be, yeah, be disappointed at yourself, you know, for getting into those self-sabotage loops. Um, so, you know, it's okay, be kind to yourself. But after listening to this episode, I want you to start behaving differently. And, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to dive into it. So, 
most people try to overcome self-sabotage and adopt better behaviors by relying exclusively on willpower. In other words, they force themselves to change. I'm sure you've tried that strategy before as well. <laughs> um, so for me, like when I started working out, maybe like 10 years ago, as a kid, I didn't really like working out. I would, you know, maybe I would enjoy those individual sports, but yeah, anyways. So when I was like 20, I had put on a lot of weight and and so I knew that I needed to start exercising more and make it part of my schedule, of my routines. And so I, I started doing it. And I had this like shitty mentality, right? Of, of really like trying to just rely on willpower. Um, I would tell myself, if you don't go run three or four times a week, then you're gonna be a fat fuck for the rest of your life. And I was literally bullying myself to make sure that I would follow through. And while this may work for some time, it's also incredibly stressful. Like it's, you're putting so much pressure on yourself. It's really disempowering because it comes from talking bad to yourself, right? Um, so whatever you do, it never feels really enough, uh, which in many cases can lead to a lot of resentment and discouragement. And yeah, it's just not sustainable. Um, now I have a different approach to self-sabotage because I have studied the subconscious mind for the past four years and I have a better understanding of, of what it actually is. Um, so self-sabotage is a subconscious protection mechanism. It's a way for you to not get hurt. When humans still lived in caves and had to hunt, to eat, their primary concern was to survive. And this is what our subconscious mind still takes care of, avoiding threat, making sure we, sit, we stay alive, right? Um, but now what you have to realize is that most of the time, the threats we face in our day-to-day -day lives in the modern world aren't real threats. I mean, depending on where you live, obviously. Um, but I'm guessing if you're listening to this episode, you know, it's not like you are in a war zone. Um, yeah, or, and facing daily threats to your life. And yes, it's not like you're going to die if you uh, go to a job interview or ask someone to go on a date with you. Typically those moments where we get extra anxious, right? Um, but to our subconscious mind, whatever thing that isn't familiar is going to be interpreted as a threat and survival mode is gonna kick in. So I guess my point is that the intention behind your self-sabotage is actually a positive one. It's to protect you. Um, so in case you wonder why do I do this shit when I know it isn't good, you know, why do I have this bad behavior when I know it's not helping me? It's because deep down, for your subconscious, it's a way to protect you. So the intention is good, it's positive. And you see, that is why I insisted on saying this as the first thing, like, your self-sabotage doesn't make you a bad person, it doesn't make you an unworthy person. It's human, it's normal to have that to have developed those patterns. And that's because at some point, you know, you have learned 
that a particular behavior would keep you from getting hurt emotionally, sometimes even physically, if you have experienced you know, physical abuse of any sort. And it's now running on autopilot without you even noticing to try to keep you safe. For example, the year before I discovered my purpose and embarked on the coaching career path and started my business, I was procrastinating hard, you guys. Like, honestly, the most I've ever procrastinated in my life, I think. Um, I was watching a lot of stupid reality TV shows. I was sitting on my couch, reading and snacking all day. I had so much time on my hands and I completely wasted that time doing nothing concrete with my life. I was, I was paralyzed, I guess. And to make myself feel better, I would go out and party and drink and take drugs and feel like crap the next day, obviously, and then do nothing and procrastinate even more. And I was stuck in that self-sabotage loop. And this obviously made me feel so bad about myself, right? I would beat myself up so much and I increasingly doubted my ability to succeed. And this is actually the reason why my podcast is called From Self-Doubt to Success. Back in 2019, I would see myself as an epic failure. And when I became tired, so tired of my own shit, and decided to transform my life, to do something about it, to take responsibility. I started by doing a lot of introspection and healing work. I went to therapy and I realized that the reason I was quote unquote um, lazy was because I had had repetitive negative experiences with my jobs, uh, with work in general, you know, and I had made it mean that work sucks and that I just don't want to work like that whenever I work I suffer and I just didn't want to suffer anymore so instead of you know looking for solutions or <laughs> um, yeah at first like kind of questioning why this was like always happening to me with my work experiences um, I went into kind of a hiding mode like it was just better for me to do nothing to be like you know what, I think I just, I don't want to work anymore. I just, I, well, we'll see how things go. Like, I don't know. Um, I guess I'll figure it out, you know. And so procrastinating for so many months um, gave me this gift, at least. Realizing that doing nothing is worse than facing the challenges of growth. And it allowed me to have my biggest breakthrough to date. So the breakthrough I was talking about, you know, finding my purpose and finally being on a career path that excites me and I have this like vision for the future and I constantly want to grow personally and professionally and yeah, just the way my, my life completely transformed in those last years. Um, so grasping why I was procrastinating, looking at the root cause also gave me the opportunity to reframe my beliefs about work. I suddenly understood that the constant in all of those work experiences was me and that if I wanted to enjoy work, I needed to approach my career differently with a deeper 
purpose than just let's find a way to get a salary every month and seem like I'm doing something respectable with my life because this is literally how I approached my career for so many years. I was just like, well, work is work. Um, you know, I have to work. Obviously, I need to earn money. And, and yeah, let's look at whatever sounds good enough on paper. So, like, you know, I... I I look good in front of people. And it's so sad to say, but this was this was my main motivation. I, I didn't really realize how much work takes out of your day, how much time and energy you spend on it, and how important it is to really align it with who you are so that you can have a fulfilling life. And so this is my first advice to you before trying to like fix a behavior ask yourself why you adopted it in the first place what it was protecting you from or allowing you to do and then write about the event or the experience or experiences plural as well like in my case that at, um, that's at the origin brain dump all of the stuff that made you suffer and once you're done burn that piece of paper just let it go release the emotional attachment and just keep the lessons Right. So the lesson for me was is that something you're doing with your career is not right. Like you need to question the way you're approaching this. That was my lesson. But I let go of all those work experiences where I felt like I didn't belong, where I felt like there's no meaning to this. I, you know, I, I just don't want to do it. Like feeling anxious in the morning, going to work, feeling disengaged at work, all of that. And of course, if the belief that caused the behavior um, is hardwired since 2000, like it's something that, you know, you, you picked up as a child, it may take a few more repetitions and techniques to release it. And this is where NLP and somatic work is absolutely life-changing. And it's what I work on with my clients during... Uh, private coaching sessions, like releasing those, right? Um, for example, I had a client who was a homeschooled ballet dancer as a child, and uh, she was also diagnosed with dyslexia. Um, but I think she was diagnosed with it later. So when she was a child, she didn't know she had that, and she had more difficulty learning and memorizing certain uh, information than others, than other students that were homeschooled with her, right? And also there was like this additional pressure on her because it was her mother giving the classes. And so she really didn't want to let her down, but at the same time it was tough for her and she felt so much resistance to learning. And this, this story, this experience, led her to think that she wasn't as smart or capable as other people. And it really, like, for a long time, um, held her back from looking for a career she loves, believing in herself. I actually have here um, a testimonial she, write, she wrote. Sorry. Um, so she says, before starting the Female Success Formula coaching program with Estelle, I was very directionless and felt stuck in my career and life in general. I knew that changing careers and taking positive action to attain my desires would require internal shifts and letting go of limitations and unhelpful definitions of, 
of what society told me a career was. However, I did not know where to start or what steps to take on this journey. That is where Estelle's coaching has really come into play in a positive way. Estelle's positivity, compassion, and guidance helped me to see the evidence of how my limiting beliefs were untrue and how to reframe unhelpful thoughts in a way that gave me more agency and power over my life. In particular, before the coaching program, I struggled with feeling not smart enough and feeling like I do not learn well. Thus, when looking at career options, I always limited myself to what I thought I was capable of instead of what I thought I would enjoy. It still helped me to reframe my definitions of what smart and capable meant to me and helped me to see how learning comes naturally and easy for me when I enjoy what I am learning. And with these shifts, I was able to see how my fulfilled career would be the career I would excel at. And this gives me the freedom to explore career options that I never thought were possible for me. Now, several weeks into the program, I have a more hopeful outlook on what my future will look like and feel more empowered to take action from a place of joy instead of fear. I am grateful for Estelle's support and encouragement and I am looking forward to continuing this journey with her. How beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, by the way, if you are interested in doing this work, this taking this work deeper within my one-on-one -on -one coaching program, the Female Success Formula, you can book a free consultation call at any time via the link in the show notes. You can also DM me on Instagram at your coach Estelle if you have any questions about it. Um, and obviously, you can also visit my website to read more about this amazing program, transformative program. So now that you understand better why you self-sabotage in the first place and how you can identify where the resistance may come from, the resistance to act differently, right? Um, so you can reframe your situation and hopefully choose new empowering beliefs, new ways of thinking about your situation. Um, there's also a few practical things you can implement that will support you in overcoming self-sabotage. And for this episode, I've identified four main ways we self-sabotage. And for each one of those behaviors, I'm going to share with you two things you can do to correct your behavior. Right. So the first one is overwhelming yourself, even though you may think overwhelm is the result of external circumstances. You know, we always like blame others with like, oh, I have so much to do and these people are asking me for that and blah, blah, blah. You need to realize that you actually have a choice in how you organize your time and your energy. Are you saying yes to things that you hate or are you saying yes to things that you don't even value that don't even matter to you that much i mean you know you need to question what what you're spending your time and energy on and um and we often overestimate what we can do in our day or a week and then we stress ourselves out when we can't keep up the pace but we have to remember that we are not machines we do need we do need uh rest and yes rest is productive so my number one advice to you, if you feel overwhelmed by your goals right now um, and your overall you know, daily responsibilities is 
first to step the fuck back, <laughs> to relax, you know, for an hour, a couple of days, whatever time you have in front of you. But like, you need to like disconnect a little bit from, from what you're working on, basically. And you need to connect with other people, think of other things and get back to your goal with, or once you have a clearer mind and think of a simple plan that you know you can implement, okay? Like, I want you to simplify things. When we're overwhelmed, it's because we complicate things, we put a lot on our plate, and obviously we get stressed out. So for example, if you want to change careers and you sign up to an online course, you know, to learn maybe a new skill, um, and you are, you are also trying to apply online and you are also working on updating your LinkedIn profile all at the same time, you're quickly going to feel overwhelmed. Now, if you decide that before even applying and marketing yourself to future employees um, or clients, you know, or before networking, you first need to know precisely what you want then, you know, that's your first goal. Like, that's the first milestone in your journey. And once you have that goal, that smaller goal within your bigger goal of landing a different job, of changing careers, you can focus on three easy action steps that will definitely help you move the needle. Like, okay, let's first start with making a list of career ideas and doing some research, collecting some information about one idea before you move on to the second one. Keeping it simple is the best way to make sure you follow through and you actually move forward consistently. And the second advice I can give you about how to overcome overwhelm is to put systems in place that ensure you dedicate time to those needle movers. So let's say on Fridays you have less meetings than during the week, then you can use some time during your lunch break to do the research. Once you identify when and how you will take action, make sure to write it down in your calendar and to get rid of anything that may come in the way of it. Like, you know, maybe your plan is to, is to do your research during your lunch break, um, but you also know that hearing your coworkers chat in the open space on Fridays when usually people maybe get more social or excited about the weekend and talk about it, maybe it's best for you to book a meeting room at that time of the day or like, you know, go to a space that is maybe a bit more private, a bit more quiet where you're going to be able to focus. Okay, so it's really about simplifying things and putting systems in place that ensure um, that you know when you're doing those things um, and, and how, right? Second is people-pleasing. So you may do it um, so much more than you think. <laughs> but every time you change your plans, every time you decide to go somewhere or to do something with someone else because um, they wanted they wanted it or they asked for it, it's people-pleasing. Or when you do things for others with the hope that it will make you more accepted, more admired, uh, more loved, it's also people-pleasing. Even if it's not something that people directly asked for, 
the fact that you're doing it in exchange in the hope of getting some type of validation or attention um, in exchange of it, it's people pleasing. For example, I used to spend so much time cleaning at home. <laughs> When I first started going out with my boyfriend, who's now my husband, um, I just, yeah, like, you know, I moved into where he was living, into his flat. It was this beautiful apartment. Um, and I think subconsciously I would feel guilty about my then boyfriend earning more than me and giving me gifts, uh, inviting me to the restaurant, right? Um, and so I felt like this was my way of participating, like just, you know, cleaning. And <laughs> this could take me an entire day. Like sometimes like to clean the whole flat, it was big flat, the first flat we lived in. Um, it could take me an entire day, an entire day where I don't work on my business, I don't make money, I don't do anything I enjoy, although I have to say I like things clean and tidy, but, you know, I don't like to spend an entire day cleaning, just because I think, or I used to think, that this was um, going to make him keep me. And, and like, I know this is such a joke, right? Like, it's so sad when you think about it. And I'd rather like just laugh about it now when I think about it. Obviously, it wasn't a conscious thought. I wasn't consciously telling myself if I don't clean, he's gonna, he's, <laughs> he's gonna leave me. But in a way, there was a, a bit of that notion, I think, subconsciously of like, okay, this is my way of, you know, like doing something for him and making sure I keep him. So when I became aware of this behavior that was not really helping me, like it was people pleasing and how it was affecting my growth, especially professionally, I immediately decided to hire a cleaning lady, um, pay her, you know, pay for her myself and work on my business instead. Like an entire day, that's so precious. Like all the things I can get done in an entire day, I'd rather pay for someone to clean and work on my stuff. Um, which leads me to my first advice, know where your priorities lie. Being liked by everyone is not your responsibility. And I'm not saying you should be an asshole and never do anything for others, but be mindful of how much time you're allocating to helping or accommodating others and how much time you're working on your goals. <laughs> you know, like you want to keep that balance Yeah, you want to keep that balance. Um, the problem with people-pleasing also is that it attracts people who will take advantage of you. There's going to be those people who will recognize that you're that kind of person that is just going to always say yes to them, always help them out, you know? And so they're going to start taking advantage of that. Someone who truly loves you or cares about you will understand that you have your own life to attend. And, you know, with those priorities, with getting clear on those priorities that you have, um, also come boundaries. So I guess those are like the, the two main things, you know, that you can really uh, start doing now if you're a people pleaser or if you're people pleasing, because I don't believe you, you have to be a people pleaser for the rest of the life. Like, I don't think you need to adopt this as like, part of your identity you can let go of that it's like okay so 
yeah, you need to know your priorities and you need to set boundaries because it will be tough to stick to your priorities if you are not able to communicate your limits. Setting boundaries doesn't need to be a bitchy move at all. It's simply saying, oh, I can't go at this time. I have something else planned, you know, or I need more time than 24 hours to review this report. I, I will get back to you on Monday. That's it. Just setting the limit. Just saying what's possible for you. The third symptom of self-sabotage is perfectionism, which is honestly, perfectionism sounds a bit fancy, but it's basically just procrastinating on the bold moves, right? So, you know, with perfectionism, I feel like there is some action taken. You know, it's not full-on procrastinating. There are some advancements, but because because you are too worried about other people's judgments, you don't fully put yourself out there. You kind of play small, right? You convince yourself that whatever it is you're working on, it still needs improvement before it can be shown to the world and that you are not ready yet. You still need to like learn more, whatever, right? <laughs> and the fact, and like, actually it's so sneaky perfectionism because the fact that you are taking action, you know, it makes you feel like, oh, but I am taking action, but you're not really um, tapping into your full potential. Wake up, babe. You are never going to feel ready for something that you haven't done before. It's completely normal or something that you don't master yet. It's part of the learning curve. So instead of being super picky and demanding with yourself and does also slow as fuck, we've got to say it. Focus on progress. Stop focusing on perfection. Progress over perfection always. If your goal is progress, then it doesn't matter if it's great or not, if, if what you're going to put out in the world is going to be good enough or not. What matters is that you are practicing. Like the first episode of this podcast, I'm sure I would absolutely cringe if I had to listen to it now. But you know what? I'm so happy I just did it back then because this is how I could get better at it over time and release value-packed episodes like this one now. It's because I just did it. I took the, a bold action and I just kept on practicing and here we are. Another mindset shift that will help you with perfectionism is to think of failure as feedback, okay? The only real kind of failure there is is giving up on your dream. That's the only time you're gonna fail, for real. So as long as you're working towards your goal, it doesn't matter whether you face rejection, hardships, setbacks, or even took a detour. What matters is that you always go back or get back on the horse after learning valuable lessons from your experiences along the journey. And lastly, the ultimate self-sabotaging behavior, obviously procrastination, right? That's the big winner. And um, again, this time the real one, the real kind of procrastination, the one where you straight up say, nope, not today, I'm not going to do it. And you keep postponing tasks and action steps for months, sometimes even years. 
we procrastinate when the reason for us to do something doesn't feel exciting or strong enough. Again, it's your job, it's your responsibility to look at what you're subconsciously trying to protect yourself from and also get crystal clear on why you want to adopt a new behavior, what it's going to bring to your life. I want to go to the gym because it's good for me is not a good enough reason. It's super vague. It's, it's not personal. Now, I want to go to the gym because it's going to help me sleep better at night. It's going to make me feel energized in the morning. It's going to make me get out of my house and meet new people so I feel less lonely or less bored in my routine. It's going to make me more toned and confident when I'm wearing my summer dress, right? You see the difference? Other than clarifying the purpose, the why behind the behavior you want to adopt, you can also remind yourself of the person you are becoming by behaving this way. Embodying the future version of yourself right now is your best chance to create the external reality you desire. It's not just about achieving your goal. It's about reinventing yourself and choosing to become the most successful and fulfilled version of you, the woman who commits to living her best life and consistently repeats the behaviors that will lead her to it. Look at me right now. Like I'm actually recording this episode when in three hours I need to be at the airport <laughs> and I haven't even showered yet. I still need to like, you know, finish packing, but I committed to releasing this podcast episode before traveling. Like I knew I just committed to it. And I know that this is part of me being consistent with my work, um, showing up on my podcast, you know, not disappointing my, my audience. And, and yeah, and this is the person I want to become. Identity work is a key aspect of the transformation I guide my clients through. When you start seeing yourself as the person who just does and has whatever you want, your subconscious mind becomes less resistant to change because it no longer interprets the change as something threatening, you know, like we talked about where survival mode is going to kick in and like you're going to start adopting those self-sabotaging behaviors but it's gonna interpret those new behaviors as something as something supportive as something enriching um as something desirable right because it's it's connected to the identity that you wanna you wanna embody and so when i work with my clients this usually comes after um, the whole self-discovery phase and purpose definition phase, um, you know, clarifying your goals, your vision, getting excited about it, as well as the release of the limiting beliefs that currently hold you back from making decisions and actually taking action on your goals, right? Um, so this is like kind of the, the last step, I would say, um, and it's connected to my third pillar of success, which is consistency. Because embodying that identity of yours, your future self-identity, is 
is the way you stay consistent. It's, it's the way you, you persevere. And if you want to learn more, again, you can book a free call with me via the link in the show notes. Let me know what you thought of this episode and DM me on Instagram at your coach Estelle with any questions you may have. I always reply, you guys, you know that. I love you and I'll see you next week for a new episode. This time it's going to be an interview with a dear friend and fellow coach um, to talk about the connection between spirituality and success. It's going to be a juicy one. So don't miss it. Don't miss out. And yeah, I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the From Self-Doubt to Success podcast. Head to the show notes to book your free consultation call and learn more about my one-on-one coaching program, The Female Success Formula, and how I can help you design your dream career and life. Don't forget to leave a review if you enjoyed this episode so that more women like you can find it and benefit from it. Take care, sending you love and light always.